Welcome to another episode of the Ebony Bird Podcast. I'm your host, Jake McDonald. We're here today after a very uh, lopsided 44-6 loss. The Ravens playing the Jacksonville Jaguars in London, suffering their first defeat. We're going to get into everything, but first, uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Ebony underscore Bird. I'm Jake McDonald, a, at McDonald 95 on Twitter. I'm going to be joined by our two site experts, Chris Schistler and Joe Schiller, in a second. Uh, if you want to follow these two gentlemen on Twitter, it's at FootballMan58 for Chris and Joe Schiller with two R's uh, for Joe. We're going to um, get into a bunch of stuff. We want to just uh, send another reminder to follow all of our social media and check out our website, um, ebonybird.com, brought to you by both Ebony Bird and Fansided, where you can check out all of our recent posts on the Ravens, anything Ravens-related on the Fansided network. You can download our app in the iTunes app store, and there's some certain um, articles right now from today. Joe wrote, Baltimore Ravens receivers, where art thou? And Baltimore Ravens, three reasons they can turn things around. And then Chris had a post yesterday, Ravens injuries in a 44-7 loss cast a doubt on the team, and that's certainly something we're going to get into. Uh, before we just jump into the game and talking about the recap, we did uh, want to mention something about the protests that happened. Uh, the Ravens, of course, taking a kneel, a group of them, for the national anthem um, in London. And then we saw throughout the day, whether it was the Steelers not coming out on the field, uh, a lot of players protesting in response to what our president, uh, his comments on late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. We're not going to get too much into that. Uh, we're going to stick to football for this uh, podcast like we would like to. I'm sure that's what most of our listeners would want as well. But Joe our, and uh, Chris, well, before we get started about the uh, the game, Chris wanted to say something um, in regards to the situation. So Chris, you can just say uh, your statement and then we'll get right into recapping the Ravens 44-7 to loss against the Jaguars and then previewing everything this week. Yeah, I I had to say something just because I thought it was wrong not to. This is not a political commentary program. That's not going to change. What we want is this to be a safe place for football fans of every belief in political ideology. We, we're not politics. That's not what we do. But I just want to say the players and coaches who had the Courage to take a knee for something they believed in, whether you believe it or not. They did it for a reason. We need to start listening to each other and stop screaming at each other. And if we just took the time to address the problems and the reasons that they're protesting, maybe there would come a day when these Americans who are exercising their First Amendment rights would not feel the need to do so. That's really all I had to say. I just want love and respect to be on both sides, whether you stand, whether you kneel. I want both sides to understand each other. I want equality across the board for all people, and i sorry if I don't think that's political. I think that's just, that's just being a good person. Um, so hopefully I didn't offend anyone. I have always stood for the national anthem. I probably always will. But I think it's important to stand together whether we're standing or not. That's all. And, of course, any questions or concerns, you can, of course, address to Chris at FootballMan58 on Twitter. Joe is Joe Schiller with two R's, and I, of course, am McDonald 95 And, of course, our main Twitter handle for Ebony Bird is Ebony underscore Bird. We're going to get into the loss. The Ravens, of course, suffering a tie, I believe, for their most lopsided fran- uh, loss in franchise history. Uh, we're just going to go over the same kind of format we're doing, just kind of going back and forth with our opinions of the game. Joe, we'll go to you first. Uh, really, I, I, 
you know, I firmly believe there shouldn't be an NFL team in London. If they want to go over there and play a couple games every year, great. But, I mean, I think this was a perfect example. I'm not making an excuse because the jet lag is not an excuse. But the Jaguars were a much more experienced team doing this trip. And, of course, they've now won their last three contests in London. Whereas the Ravens, it was their first time doing it. And I think they severely underestimated how difficult this road trip was going to be. They uh, arrived there on Thursday. I think Jacksonville arrived around the same time. But I personally, being this uh, the first time doing it, would have... taken the guys over a little bit earlier, but nevertheless, even if they had done that, uh, that still doesn't excuse losing by, you know, 37 points to a Jaguars team that isn't expected to do anything big this year. Uh, the Ravens were heavily favored in this matchup. Joe, will go to you first. Just really, I think the Ravens, you know, they looked, they were there, but they looked like they, you know, hadn't even left the United States. Yeah, if they're going to put an NFL team in London, it better not be the Ravens, because they looked absolutely terrible. I mean, I think all of us got up early Sunday morning expecting a really good game for the Ravens, a big win, which I was expecting at least, and it was just the complete opposite. I mean, there was nothing on either side of the ball. The offense looked like they took a huge step back from the Browns game, and the defense, which we thought, or all thought here, was one of the best defenses in the league, looked nothing like that. I mean, Blake Bortles looked like Dan Marino in the pocket. He had four touchdowns. They had no pressure on him whatsoever, and it was it was just amazing. Like, I just couldn't even believe what I was watching, to be honest. It came to the second half, and I had the TV on, but I wasn't really paying attention because it just really wasn't a game. I mean, you could say the Ravens pretty much got shut out that last touchdown that Ben Watson at the end of the game was really meant absolutely nothing. So, I mean, I'll go with that the offense got shut out. But I think I was just more surprised on the defensive side of the ball, just how poorly they played. And I don't think you can blame it all on Brandon Williams' absence either because it was the secondary that still struggled too. I mean, 33-year-old Mercedes Lewis is scoring three touchdowns on this defense, that's unacceptable. So hopefully it's just a thing where they were across the pond and it was a one-game thing. But if not, then this team has some concerns going forward, especially with who they play in the next couple weeks. Yeah, this game was horrible. Um, This game was absolutely embarrassing. There was nothing about this game that you could watch on tape if you're the Ravens and say, you know, we can learn from this. What you need to learn from this game is you need to come into the game with a plan. I don't think they came in with a plan. I'm kind of convinced they've been game planning for the Steelers for two weeks. Or if they've been planning for the Jaguars, they've been doing it rather passively, thinking they were going to dominate. I I don't see what the plan offensively was, so the offense didn't give themselves a chance to show what their plan was. They kind of convert on third downs. And the offensive line was horrible. The wide receivers didn't make any impact, and that's just a recurring problem. And the defense, I mean, yeah, you could blame the offense not doing anything, but the problem is the from the beginning of the game, Jacksonville's offense was winning the battle. So that's not an excuse. The dam, it's not the dam breaking, and then all of a sudden the Ravens' defense just stops. It's the Ravens' defense played bad and lackadaisical, for most of the game. There was a few exceptions. I like what Marlon Humphrey did. I like what Jimmy Smith did. But you know what? We got pushed around, and we played soft zone defense, and that's what you get when you don't come at the other team. And, of course, the offense just had no effectiveness at all as the defense gave up a bunch of yards. Flacco, 8 for 18 for 28 yards uh, and a rating of 12. Uh, of course, the top three receivers on the Ravens were not wide receivers. They were Buck Allen, Nick Boyle, and Ben Watson. Uh, Jeremy Macklin and uh, Mike Wallace each had one reception apiece, uh, combining for, uh, what, 14 yards. So Chris alluded to no impact from the receivers whatsoever. Uh, n- next topic here. 
that we have, do we hype the Ravens up too much? Uh, it's, it's a hard question. It, you know, we have yet to really see this team play a, a real team. I, I'm not calling the Jaguars a real team. I don't expect them to make any noise or make a postseason run. But the Steelers and the Raiders are two uh, very real teams in the NFL top of uh, uh, the AFC. Uh, certainly it's going to be a really tough challenge, of course, facing the Steelers at home and then going on the road to face the Raiders. I like the Ravens' chances a lot more in the Steelers' game, considering that Ben Roethlisberger hasn't won a game there since 2010. And, of course, when the Steelers won there in 2012, he didn't play. But did we hype the Ravens up too much? You know, it's hard to say, really. I I don't like using the London game as an excuse, but it's, again, we've never seen the Ravens play overseas before. It was a completely new environment for them, and they just they, they fell flat and tucked their tail between their legs. So if we see a similar thing uh, occur this week, I think we might have hyped them a little up too much. But if they come out here and have a dominant performance against Pittsburgh, then I think we have a reason to get excited. But we're going to get into more things about the injuries in a little bit. But, you know, I said the Marshall Yonda injury, quote-unquote, sucked last week. And watching this offensive line this week, that's exactly what happened. It did suck. So, Chris, we'll go to you first. Did we hype the Ravens up too much and then Joe can follow up? The answer to that question is to be figured out. It's to be continued. We don't know. If the Ravens come out and play a horrible game, it'll look like the tracks are just not there. We're just collapsing. Um, If the Ravens come out and play a great game, win or lose, then maybe the Ravens are who we thought they were. Maybe they are a dominant defensive team. Uh, with a running game, maybe that could be what we are. But you look at this team right now, and you have a lot of questions. You don't have a lot of answers. I don't think you can beat your chest when you lose 44-7 to against the team. That may be better than they have been. But, the, I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars are not the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're not the Oakland Raiders. They're not the New England Patriots. They're the Jacksonville Jaguars. And – the Ravens that we saw in the first two weeks were dominant and we're supposed to beat them. So I don't know if we overhyped the team, but I had a lot more confidence in the Baltimore Ravens before the game. Yeah, what you just said at the very end is exactly what I was going to go off of. I'm not sure we overhyped them, but there was definitely just a ton of confidence going to that London game, and we saw none of that on the field. And looking back on it, if you look at the Bengals and Browns now, I mean, we expected the Bengals to be a lot better this year, and they just looked absolutely terrible. And the Browns are, are the Browns. They're just always going to be struggling for the time being. But both those teams are combined 0-6 right now. And, I mean, as well as the Ravens have played, those are still two pretty bad teams. So it's still too early to tell. I think this team definitely has a lot of talent. But, like, we're going to get to with all the injuries they've suffered and all the questions on the offensive side of the ball. I just don't know if it's something they can can sustain through a 16-game season. Of course, as Joe alluded to, another long-term injury suffered by the Ravens on Sunday uh, as defensive end Brett Urban went down with what's a list frank injury. And, of course, Jimmy Smith dealt with that same injury in the 2014 season. It really impacted him all of the 2015 season. So really disappointing to see that, especially after Urban had already overcome a plethora of injuries in the first couple seasons of his young career. And in the contract season, very disappointing to see him go down the way he did, uh, likely out for the year, but uh, he will be put on injured reserve. And if he's not out for the year, he's probably not going to be back until December, if that. Uh, So they didn't have Brandon Williams already. Now they're not going to have Brent Urban opening the door for guys like Carl Davis and Chris Wormley. So uh, the, the question here is, can they sustain or continue to sustain these injuries? And we'll go to Joe first and then Chris. Uh, I think the answer is simply no. Uh, you know, they have 
Brandon Williams didn't even make the trip. Marshall Yanda didn't play. Is out for the season. And they, as we've seen, uh, Yanda and Williams are two of the most impactful guys on the roster that really improved their units. They cannot continue. Uh, you know, Urban, uh, of course, was out for long term. Williams will be back. But they cannot determine to sustain uh, these injuries. They can't continue to do so. Yeah, I don't think they can either. Uh, this defensive line we talked about was one of the deepest units in all of football, but that doesn't necessarily mean that all the backups are as good as the starters. I mean, losing Urban and Williams, I've, I've heard, is more than a week, a one-week injury, so he could likely be out. Going up against one of the best running backs in the NFL, Le'Veon Bell, I mean, I, I just I just can't see it. I mean, it's going to be a tough game on Sunday, and then coming up against the Raiders, they still have to play the Packers, the Lions, the Steelers one more time, and the Bengals and the Browns, who are never a guaranteed win no matter the record. And it, it feels similar to the 2015 season. I mean, at that point, we had pretty much lost, like, just about every player on the team. I couldn't even tell you who was playing in what position at that time. But it just seems to feel, like, more and more like that. And I, I just don't think they can they can sustain that compared to all the other – I mean, a lot of other teams have dealt with these injuries, with some of these injuries too, but the Ravens are just blowing everyone out of the water. And it's just, it's just really bad luck. I mean, if you look at Urban's injury, I mean, he got rolled up. Um, I, I forget if it was one of the Ravens players or Jaguars players, but that's just terrible luck, and that's just been the theme this season. So I, I don't think they can sustain it. Maybe this is an 8-8 an eight eight team at best, just like last season. But it's still too early to tell. But, I mean, I, I don't have much confidence right now. I want to add something on to what Joe just said, then we'll go to Chris. Uh, I was on Twitter the other day. I just I looked this up. The Ravens ended the 2015, <coughs> excuse me, 2015 season. Uh, with 19 players on injured reserve, they already have when Urban eventually lands on IR, they're going to have 17 players on injured reserve. Looks like they're uh, easily going to break that this year. Oh, just in real quick before Chris goes, I, I heard someone say this somewhere that the Packers, like when they won the Super Bowl, it was 2010, had like a crazy amount of people on injured reserve, and they were overcome that. They were able to overcome that, but Keep in mind, they have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. And I will, I'll defend Joe Flacco, but he is definitely not Aaron Rodgers. I'm not defending Joe Flacco after 28 yards, but I'm also not uh, pummeling Joe Flacco when the entire team looked just as bad as he did. Um, but with the injury front, um, look, this this is bad. Marshall Yonda, Brandon Williams are two key players. They're two of your highest paid players for a reason. Marshall Yonda is the best right guard I've ever seen in my lifetime. And Brandon Williams is one of the better defensive linemen in the league. Le'Veon Bell is a – I don't see us winning against Pittsburgh without Brandon Williams. I think you have to stop the run game. I don't know that you can do that with Carl Davis playing at Brandon Williams' spot um, with Brandon Urban not playing at all because, yes, you have a deep defensive line – but that means you have contributors throughout the whole game. That does not mean you have Brandon Williams. Guys, just as good as Brandon Williams, as Joe was alluding to. And, I I mean, these injuries, I I don't think we've had a death shot yet. I don't think that we've had an injury that's just taking us out. I think the Yana injury is something we can overcome. Um, it's not good, but I think we can manage it um, in certain ways. But – I mean, it feels like 2015, but would it feel like 2015 after a 44 to 7 win? I mean, if we won, we'd still be pretty confident we're 3 and 0 despite all this, and we'd have a theme of a resilient Ravens. So, I, I, I don't want to go into the oh, it's 2015 and the world's falling, and you know, there's 
just nothing but destruction coming our way. But I also don't want to say, hey, let's go win a Super Bowl because right now I'm just worried about beating the uh, Steelers because if we lose three in a row, which is quite possible, Jaguars, Steelers, Raiders, this season could be done. And we're going to get into the Steelers preview in a minute, but I, I feel like Chris kind of segued right uh, appropriately into this question here we have. Is this going to be the same as last year with the team starting out 2-0 undefeated and going on a long losing streak? Chris will shoot over to you first, then over to Joe. I could certainly see it. You know, uh, they you know they, they had won three in a row and then you know went and uh, made it to three and four. I could easily see uh, them losing three in a row to Pittsburgh and Oakland next week and then being two and three. So what do you think about this? Well, I think Brandon Williams, uh, is key. If Brandon Williams plays against Pittsburgh, I think we'll win. If he doesn't, we still could win. I mean, Pittsburgh has trouble in Baltimore, but I mean, mm, Brandon Williams has to play. That's key. I'm sorry. It's just it's just essential against Le'Veon Bell and the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to predict, but you, I mean, I feel very similar to how I did last year, but I feel like I didn't really see the Ravens losing streak coming last year. I mean, we saw them struggle, but they were 3-0, and they were those resilient Ravens that we talked about. So I'm just not sure. I mean, like Chris said, with the schedule coming up against the Steelers, Raiders, then they play the Bears and then the Vikings. I mean, it. I, I, we, I, I don't think I'd be surprised to see them 2-3 and three come week 6. This is the Ebony Bird Podcast brought to you by Ebony Bird and Fan Cider. You can follow us on Twitter at Ebony underscore Bird and follow us on EbonyBird.com. I'm Jay McDonald95 out on Twitter. Chris is FootballMan58 and Joe Schiller is Joe Schiller of 2Rs out on Twitter. Coming up on Sunday at 1 o'clock, the Ravens playing the Steelers, as we alluded to. The Steelers struggling on the road, uh, having problems scoring both in Chicago and in Cleveland. Three out of their first four games are on the road. And, of course, as I said earlier, Roethlisberger hasn't won in Baltimore since 2010. This is a really tough game to predict. You know, uh, certainly it seems to be in the Ravens' favor, of course, with their history against the Steelers. And the Steelers haven't, you know, winning a game in Baltimore in so long. But at the same time, after you know that performance we saw last week and the injury starting to mount up, I really don't know if I can pick the Ravens right now. Um, there's just so much uncertainty. I feel like going into, um, you know, after seeing what I saw on Sunday, I have no idea what to expect this week. The Ravens played well at home in their first game against Cleveland, but, you know, now that they don't have Yonda, they're not going to have Brent Urban. They might not have Brent Williams. And as, you know, Chris is saying, going up against one of the best running backs in the NFL, Le'Veon Bell, who's had a quiet season so far, when you – put up all the injuries the Ravens have on the defensive line and how Le'Veon Bell is just, you know, have, having the time a couple weeks to get settled in, uh, kind of like a training camp for him. It wouldn't shock me at all if he, you know, put up over 100 yards easily on the ground. We'll have to see if that happens. But this, the, you know, the term breakout game certainly scares me for Le'Veon Bell. So, uh, Joe, we'll shoot, shoot over to you first and then uh, and then Chris. So how are you feeling entering Sunday when the, when the Ravens play there? Uh, top division rival, the Steelers, who are also 2-1, and one, so both those teams sharing first place in the AFC North. I feel like we can't get a good grasp on either team because both of them came in last Sunday 2-0, and oh, and they both dropped games that they definitely should have won. I mean, I, this is, I feel like this is going to feel like a playoff atmosphere. I mean, it's early implications for both teams. I mean, the winner is the top of the AFC North um, after week four, and I think it's going to be another low-scoring game like we always see with these rivalries, especially the, all the struggles the Ravens had, had on the offensive side of the ball. I think the key for the Ravens on Sunday is they have to get the wide receivers involved. I mean, they, it's just been pathetic how Rashad Perryman and Mike Wallace have contributed this season. I mean, I I, I calculated what they were on pace for this season, and it's Rashad Perryman. I mean, it's 
He's on pace for like six catches this year, or in something ridiculous. I mean, he he was. We thought he was going to be the number one wide receiver coming in, and he's just acted nothing like that. So, I think we need to see that deep threat from those wide receivers, like Mike Wallace had that 95-yard touchdown catch against the Steelers last year. I mean, the running backs, Terrence West, is not the home run hitter. I, I think the closest thing to a home run hitter they have at running back, Dallas Collins. It's kind of sad considering Agreed. he's the guy yeah. they signed up. It's kind of sad that he's the guy that. Considering the he's the guy they signed off the practice squad. So, I mean, I think other than that, the, the closest you have is those wide receivers. I mean, we know Mike Wallace can get behind defenses and Perry and then can too if he can hold on to the ball. So, I, they, Marty Morningway has to take, has to let Joe Flacco take some deep shots down the field. Cause if not, they, they can't do these check downs and keep running the ball behind this offensive line that's decimated with injuries. Yeah, Joe Flacco's got to take ownership of this offense and I'm not sure he can do it. Joe Flacco, has a problem right now because you want to take those deep shots, but you have to be able to stand upright. And with the offense line, if they play like they they did against the Jaguars, where the sack totals weren't high but the pressures were very high, um, you've you've got a problem. I I will say this about the Ravens Steelers game: when you play the Steelers, records doesn't matter, and you have the same record. So you, you, the Steelers have not been overly impressive. They beat the Vikings, but, but without Sam Bradford. Um, and, you know, the Steelers gave up 18 points to the Browns, and that game was a lot closer than it should have been. The Steelers aren't a juggernaut like they are supposed to be. Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, they have a lot going for them there, but – other than that, the Steelers aren't horribly intimidating. I don't think they're going to end up as one of the top couple teams in the league. I don't see another AFC championship game for the Steelers. We can beat them. You get after Ben Roethlisberger, you're aggressive, which I think we will be because we the blueprint for beating the Steelers is something the Ravens know. I mean, we almost beat them last year of an 8-18 and that stumbled into the end of the year. I just – I, we have every logistical reason we can win this game. Um, I'm just so worried about the defensive line of this game because not only do you need to stop Le'Veon Bell, but you need to pressure Roethlisberger. The reason I think we have a great chance of winning, though, Jimmy Smith seems to be Antonio Brown's kryptonite, and you know Dean Pease isn't going to put it all on Jimmy Smith. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with a lot of the points all you guys just made. Stop Le'Veon Bell, uh, despite the lack of depth on the defensive line right now, and get the wide receivers involved. I, you know, I kind of want, you know, uh, on defense to get a lot of those young guys in there. You know, let, you know, give Jimmy Smith and Brandon Carson snaps off right now, man. Let like Marlon Humphrey go in against the likes of Martavis Bryant and make plays with the Baltimore crowd going, you know, in the background with the noise and let him build some confidence. Put Tim Williams and Tyus Bowser in there and give Terrell Suggs and Matt Judon some rest and let them try to make plays with a quarterback that can't escape the pocket and run around uh, for days. So hopefully they do find a way to get a lot of those young players involved. And then going along with the receivers, we need to see something from Perryman. You know, you guys both hit it right on the dot, and this guy is easily, you know, on pace to go down as a huge bust. He needs to get out there. You know, the Steelers' secondary is not great. It's the weakness of their defense and arguably their team. Uh, if if Perryman can just get, you know, Joe Flacco, uh, you know, escapes the pocket and just shoots a bomb downfield for Perryman and he comes up with it. Now, I think I mentioned this in the podcast last week. I was playing Madden and threw like 
you know, three deep bomb touchdowns to Perryman, and I just said to myself, it'd be nice if this could happen in real life. So just give, you know, give him a one-on-one opportunity, let him go deep. I know he's dropped, he has had a bunch of drops so far this season, but if they can get him involved and help him build his confidence, I think that'll go a long way. Um, and then again, on defense, just, you know, stop Le'Veon Bell, as we alluded to, Antonio Brown will be covered. Uh, hasn't played well against the Ravens in the past, so hopefully all that takes place. It is it is a very winnable game, so I guess we'll go around now. Uh, Chris first, and then Joe, and I'll go last for our score predictions and anything else you want to add on uh, before Sunday's game. Yeah, I'll go 17-14 Ravens, but it could go either way. I'll go 13-10, because that always seems like how these games end up finishing. And I will say the secondary is terrible, but they do have Joe Hayden, who Joe Flacco always seems to throw an interception to. So that worries me. Fair enough. Are you picking the Ravens too then, Joe? Yeah, sorry. I am picking the Ravens. Okay. I will uh, be the evil one here and say 19-16 to 16 Steelers, or 19-14, to 14, something along those lines. 19 is kind of an odd score. You never yeah. know, though. Is there a safety in there? Uh, I I think more lines of, of a touchdown and four field goals. You know, Roethlisberger has you know not played well in Baltimore recently. And I actually I was listening to a podcast earlier, and uh, it was a Sims and Lefko podcast from Bleacher Report. They were talking about uh, the the Pittsburgh defense, you know, relying on the big play too much, which is you know going back to my point of trying to get the young guys involved who have speed uh, as, as the uh, Steelers try to attempt those big plays. So anything else we want to discuss before we wrap up another edition of Emmy Bird Podcast ahead of Sunday's game against Pittsburgh? Uh, I have one thing. I was watching a little bit of Game Pass today. I thought it was really interesting how Tony Bertram was a healthy scratch and Harbaugh experimented with Matt Skur and Jermaine Luminor on right guard. And I think both of them really didn't look well. I, I was I was pretty surprised that that was their first start. Um, I'm not sure if Bertram's any better, but I'm, I'm interested to see how the offensive line is going to shape up at that position. Yeah, I, I don't understand how Bergstrom didn't play. I, I think Bergstrom is uh, probably your best bet. Not saying much, but he's probably your best bet. And if you were experimenting with your options in Jacksonville, would you experiment with your options against Pittsburgh? I think we. I don't. Well, that just goes to my point. I don't think the Ravens took the Jaguars seriously. I don't think they took them seriously at all. I, think I don't think point, they did. I think at this point you. I mean, in my opinion, they have to look for someone else to fill that role if they think they're legitimate contenders this season. But that's just me. Well, we'll find out if we're legitimate contenders in the next couple of weeks, won't we? Very true. We absolutely will with the Ravens taking on the Steelers. Uh, as many people have been teasing Ravens fans because we haven't played a real team yet, well, they're going to get a chance to this Sunday against the Steelers at 1 p.m. for MT Bank Stadium in Baltimore. Once again, I'm Jake McDonald at jmcdonald95 on Twitter. Joe Schiller, Joe with two R's. Uh, Joe Schiller, two R's on Twitter. And Chris is footballman58 on Twitter. We are Ebony Bird, ebonybird.com, and ebony underscore bird. Check us out on our website, on Twitter, and our mobile app as well. Uh, enjoy the game on Sunday. And when we talk to you next week, we hope that we come to you with a 3-1 Ravens team who had just picked up a win over the Steelers going 3-0 and in the division so far this season. So enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your weekend and Sunday. And enjoy the game. We'll talk to you next week here on the Ebony Bird Podcast.